0: everyone. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. Today is episode 70 of the podcast, and I get to sit down with a writer, baseball enthusiast, and just an incredible human being, honestly, Ethan Bryan. Ethan has a new book out called A Year of Playing Catch, and we talk about what it means to insert play into your life. Look, parents, I know you've been dealing with a lot People out there, I know you've been dealing with a lot with COVID, and oftentimes we overlook the spiritual discipline of play. In his writing, he talks about going through 10 states, 12,000 miles, and making sure to play catch every single day. Such a good conversation, a rich conversation, a baseball conversation, which I absolutely loved and I hope you love it too. If you do love it, do me a favor, leave a writing, uh, leave a comment or a review wherever you can. Give us a subscribe, whatever however you listen to podcasts, let us know. Follow Ethan on the socials, get connected with him, tell him how much you appreciated him being on the podcast. I love the opportunity to bring this kind of content to you, and it is through all of your support that makes it happen. If you're ready to be part of the Reclamation community, do me a favor, text the word reclaim to six six eight six six, get signed up for our weekly newsletter. Don't miss out on it. We want to connect you with more and more good practices to bring a little bit of a little bit more Jesus in your life, or uh, maybe a little bit more balance or productivity or whatever it is we can do to walk with you. Uh, we would love to do that. So, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Ethan Prime. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to have author, uh, storyteller, and almost professional catch player, uh, Ethan Bryan with me today. Ethan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Uh, It's a joy and an honor. Thank you so much.
0: Now, I'm a baseball guy. You're a baseball guy. There's going to be lots of talk of baseball, but it's not just going to be baseball. It's also going to bring it back to life, but I have to start with baseball. Uh, if you're going to rank your top five baseball movies, you open the book with the story about Field of Dreams, but I wonder if that's where you're hanging your hat on top five baseball movies.
1: Ooh, wow, man. You just i just came out right off. Swinging, <laughs> swinging, swinging. Um, I don't know that I can write. Ra- I mean, 42. Oh, that's uh, a le- good one. A League of Their Own. Okay. All right. Uh, the Rookie. Really? Yeah. Um, I got to play catch with him.
0: I, oh see I, yeah that makes a big difference
1: it does uh and of course field of dreams Who? what's number one for you uh, it, it depends on the day i i i will not if i see field of dreams on tv i will not the, that the the surfing stops yeah so it's way up there a league of their own
0: i feel the same way about might league of be their own. the
1: base best baseball movie
0: um, it's, so it's really, I'm a, I'm a romantic, so it's, it's hard for me not to go with for the love of the game. Oh, for the love of the
1: game. Moneyball.
0: Oh, you money ball. Oh, so not, not
1: be romantic Moneyball. about baseball. I thought that's where you were going to go.
0: The natural. What about that? Oh gosh. Come yeah. on. Such good movies.
1: See the thing with the natural is it's one of the first times I'll ever say that the movie was so much better than the book. I could not stand. Uh, that, I didn't read book. the book.
0: True confession. Didn't read uh, the book. Don't. You don't need. To. <laughs> um, oh wow! Oh yeah! So 42 is up there for me as well. League of Their Own. I'm gonna go for the love of the game, and um, you're killing me, Smalls. I got to go with Sandlot. Oh, Sandlot. Sandlot. Yes. Sandlot is is got to be in my top five.
1: I was. Um, uh, I actually was sandlotted today. Were you really? Yeah, I had a uh, had baseball practice with uh, with with some friends, and I was out in right field. And the the pitcher said, hey, watch this. And the uh, the batter hit hit a high towering pop fly. And I literally just stood there with my glove. I did not move. It came straight down in my glove. said,
0: you're welcome, Smalls. (laughs) Uh, Who were you playing baseball with today? This is a a random Friday afternoon. Uh, Who were you playing baseball with? Tell me all about that. Fill me Um, in on the details. So
1: I play in a league. Okay. Uh, It is called the Grip and Rip Baseball League. Uh, right. Tryouts are in just a couple of weeks. I, I played last year. I was the fourth oldest guy in the league. It is a competitive wood bout tryout league. Six teams, eight games plus playoffs. But but the the talent in the league is former indie ball players, hmm. uh, division two college player of the year, uh, minor league baseball players, and then there's me who topped out at high school JV. And um, but you
0: literally wrote the book on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and. Uh, <laughs> And so uh, I've been practicing with about six guys. We get up eight o'clock Friday mornings, practice for two hours and uh, just to try and get get ready for tryouts.
0: Dude, that is so awesome! Hey, um, how long does the season last? Because it, it feels a little weird to be starting at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, it's just a two
1: month season. You just play oh, one that, game a week. Oh, that's
0: beautiful!
1: It, it is, and it it takes all that time for my body to get ready for the for the next game.
0: <laughs> uh, well, so okay, so that is something I wanted to ask you. Uh, In the book, you talk about the um, the impact of sore muscles and the way that playing catch is has has some had really profound. How did your body do playing catch every day for a year?
1: It took um, it took months for arm, shoulder, lower back, legs till everything was at least decently conditioned um, where I didn't have to worry about it. I mean, I see hot ibuprofen. Ice uh what was a daily regimen for weeks. And I um I mentioned I played catch with Jim Morris, who was the guy that inspired the movie The Rookie. Yeah. I think that was in May. And even in May, um, I was still having just a little bit of soreness. And it was it was probably June before I could go out and throw and not have to worry about it. I remember I think it was I think Dad and I made a trip to Field of Dreams mid late July, somewhere right around. I think late July. And I threw for three hours up there at the Field of Dreams. And we were driving back before I was realized. I was like, I feel fine. I feel great. Oh, wow. Um, I got my first massage sometime in like August or September. First massage of my life. And it literally just did my shoulder and arm. And the, the therapist was looking at my arm. She goes, this is, this has seen some use this year. I was like, well, actually, yeah, it has. And, and, um, she, she worked a pretty nice miracle on it. Um, but by, by the end, um, I felt, I felt fantastic. Really.
0: That's awesome. Um, so for those that don't know, um, the, the premise of the book is started on as a Christmas present. And then on new year's day, you and your daughter, Sophie, right? Sophie. Yep. Yep, um went out to play catch. <laughs> K- kind of, um, t- kind of t- tell us how this the, the genesis of of this book, where where you decided that you were going to play a, a year of of catch every day. Is that the gist of it? Well,
1: so so I write. I do mm-hmm. freelance writing. I write for friends. I'm usually working on multiple book projects at the time. And going into 2018. I already had two books that I was working on and that I would be working on for, for a couple of months. Hmm. And so I was not thinking about a book project at all. And so for, for Christmas 2017, my youngest daughter, Sophie, just gives me a baseball. And she is a phenomenal artist. And I wish I could just show you pictures that she's doing. Um, but it was just an, an old baseball. And on it was written, Dad, want to play catch? And so I thought it was kind of like, you know how you kids give you gift certificates to do this or that with you. I thought this was a gift certificate that if I asked her for a game of catch, she would say mm-hmm. yes. So I'm going to pause the story there. And we took two catch playing trips around the country. We took one to uh, our, the second one. We went down to Florida. And on the way back, we connected with a father and son in Georgia and a, uh, a newspaper, a sports columnist came out and, and covered the story about catch 365 in Georgia. And, that the columnist wanted to, to talk to Sophie. And she said, oh, he said, so so you gave your dad this, this gift certificate for Christmas. And she said, well, it wasn't exactly a gift certificate. And that was, the, we were six months into the project and that was the first time I'd heard about it. And I was like, wait, that, you didn't, So it was just a gift. It was just decoration. She said, I thought it would look good on your writing desk. And I was like, (laughs) well, that's a good misunderstanding. (laughs) So January 1st, 2018, you're kind of in that post-holiday blues. Yeah. And you're just kind of, you're sighing and and breathing. And I'm I'm cleaning up. And I was actually trying to figure out where to put her ball on my writing desk. Mm. And I just yelled out at her. She's in the other. And I said, Sophie, you want to go play catch? Fully expected her to say no. It was one degree outside. Sure. And she's like, well, outside? Said, well, of course, outside. And she's, at a baseball field? I, said, I bet I could find a baseball field. Said, sure, we'll go to a baseball field. And it was like quiet for a couple minutes. Okay, we can go. And I was like, oh, all right. Oh, Yes, we'll go. So we put on like five or six layers of clothes. We drive to a, a field that was formerly uh, used by semi-professional fast-pitch softball players. and The good news is there was no snow on the ground. Sun was bright. Skies were cloudless. It was a beautiful day. It was oh, just cold. Sounds amazing. And so we threw the ball 30 times because after that, I, I, my fingers were stinging. I had snot coming down my nose and tears in my eyes. And to this date, I still have a flip phone. And so I just yelled at her. I said, Sophie, did you bring your phone with you? She goes, yeah. I said, well, let's take a quick selfie just to remember this is what we did on January 1st, 2018. So I took a selfie. And at that time, I had an old blog that I probably wrote on once a month when I was just wanting to throw something on to come back to at a later date. And so I put the selfie on there. And I said, it's like one degree, and 30 throws, and our cheeks were frozen. or so I, I don't even remember what I really wrote. So that afternoon, I'm doing laundry, and I think there's a football game on TV. I'm really not paying any attention to it because I'm folding laundry. My oldest daughter, Kaylee, she walks by. She said, well, hey, I'll play catch with you. And it had warmed. It was now five degrees outside. And so we stepped out in our backyard, and our dog just went bonkers, trying to chase down the baseball and everything, running around. But it was, it was uh, cold enough that our glasses were fogging over. Which is great when you're trying to play catch, just have yeah. fogging over glasses.
0: No, that's not dangerous at all.
1: Not at all. And so I think we only did like like 25 throws. We step inside, we take a try to get a selfie where you can still see the the fogged over glasses. And I just threw it up on the blog and said um, something like, "Day one or January first, part two, fogged over glasses, 25 throws." So I just something like that. So we sit down at dinner table that night. And the girl said, "Dad, what what would happen if you played catch every day for a whole year?" Mm. I was like, "Oh, I know the answer. To this I'd need surgery. I absolutely, <laughs> I would need surgery more than anything." And and they're like, "No, we're serious." All right, so they told that to me on January first at dinner dinner table that night, um, and that's really what started it. And I I did not fully commit to the project probably for five or six days later even though I found people to play catch with those first couple of days. So now about the second week of January or so, I was like, you know what? Um, Which one of you is asking me what would happen if I played catch every day for a year? And immediately they're both like, oh, it wasn't me. Uh -uh, I didn't do that. Not me. And to this day, neither one of them will accept responsibility for the genesis of the idea.
0: Hmm. Um, so, so let's talk about that, uh, the, the process a little bit of playing catch every day. I, 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 I am very curious about what was it like to, hunt, like, sometimes I can't get my boys to come play catch. Now I have a rule, a parenting rule, and sometimes they listen to the podcast, so I'm going to let it out right now. Yes. If they ever ask me to play catch, I always say yes. Yep. There's always time to play catch in my, in my mind. Now it doesn't always have to be exhaustive, you know, it doesn't have to be a full like workout session like sometimes they want to do. Um but I always want to play catch. Um sometimes I ask them and they say no. And that that's okay, right? Like I mean they're yes, you know they're okay. adolescent males, right? Like um what was it like and and what was the process like to find someone to play catch with every day for a year?
1: Um so over the course of the year, I played catch with 530 different people. Woo, um, that's a lot. It was, it was. <laughs> my favorite, uh, my favorite comment. Uh, so one of the reasons, one of the good things about writing the book mm-hmm. is it helps me to remember everything oh, sure. that happened yeah, absolutely. and keeping track right. of the blog. Um, so I, I was talking to a former major league player and I said, well, I played catch with 500 people. And he says, Dude, that's just a ridiculous number. Mm. <laughs> I was like, eh, that's a pretty ridiculous project. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty ridiculous, thanks. Um, so at at first, you know I okay, so I'd love to play catch literally my whole life. Yeah. But it would be, you know, 5-6 times a year and that'd be it. That and and so finding people uh Twitter facebook my mom probably found 25 different people and then and and so it became a full-time job that i wasn't getting paid for of well who like so i drive my da- daughters to school in the morning I'm like dad who are you playing catch with today I'm like i've got no idea but i got until i have to pick you up from school to to find out and so i had a backpack of gloves carried it with me everywhere um and sometimes I'd send out invitations on Twitter. One of the, uh, there were two really weird stories about it. Um, one time I, I sent, I play catch with a guy. He said, hey, I've got a friend that you you really, he would love to do this. I'm like, great. So he texts me his number. And this is just how brilliant I am. I said, Joe suggests that you and I should play catch together. And, and that's literally something like that is all that I texted. And so they reply, who is this? <laughs> yeah, um, my name is Ethan. I local author, baseball guy. I write on this blog. I'm trying to play catch with somebody every single day, and I'm like, "Yeah, this sounds great. I'd love to do it." W- when's good? And so we set up a day and a time. And I am under the impression that I'm playing catch with a guy named Brian or something like that. So I get to the park and I'm stretching out and walking around, and this lady walks up to me and says, "Are you Ethan?" Yeah. She goes, hi, I'm Sarah. I was like, hi, Sarah. She's like, yeah, I'm here to play catch. I'm like, well, okay. I said, are you related to, to Brian? She said, no, but you texted me. So somehow the numbers had gotten mixed up in the texts and oh my. And I was like, and so there, there was that story and it turned out to be, we had a wonderful time and just fantastic. And she said, I love okay, so
0: when you guys are doing this, like, Perfect. uh, I know you talk about, a little bit of the details in the book, but dive into, help us understand, kind of paint the picture. Sarah shows up to the park. Did she bring a glove? You always have two gloves.
1: Oh, I always had like six gloves.
0: Got it. Uh, Righties and lefties?
1: Oh, yeah. I had uh, the local Play It Again Sports gave me uh, a glove for lefties in case I ever had a lefty that needed one.
0: And so then uh, how far apart are you guys?
1: Uh, It depends on the person sure i played catch with several people who had never worn a glove or played catch before in their life and so you start out really close you know you're like 10 feet away and and i make this promise i like the last thing i want to do is hurt you so if you hold the glove open i will throw the ball and it will land in the glove and so you know you start with just these little soft underhand tosses and they're like okay okay guys so by the by the end um almost always we're about 40, 45 feet apart, just throwing, throwing overhand. And, and it was yeah. fine. There were only two injuries over the entire year. They were both my fault. Um, <laughs> so.
0: Wait, did you hit him in the head or what? Uh, One person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was just, uh, it was just an icy day. It was just really cold and the ball just slipped and went right. Uh, she was significantly shorter than me and literally just went right over, over her glove and popped her in the head. I was like, well, now I feel like an idiot. And then the other one, we were playing catch in the rain, and it was on um, on uh, like a rubberized surface. Yeah. And my my foot just slipped, and I was I was playing catch with his dad, who was behind him, and the son was in the middle, and I just pegged the son right in the hand. And I was uh-huh. like, "Oh, well, I feel like an idiot again."
0: <laughs> uh so then do you usually um are you usually like intentional dialogue during that time period? Or I mean obviously you're you're a storyteller and yeah. so you're you're getting lots of stories. Um tell me about that.
1: Uh so the the worry for the first couple months is well, what if I'm playing catch with this person and there's no story, there's nothing to write about or whatever. What I discovered, um, and what what is still true to this day, even like when I was playing catch with with the guys at practice this morning is that playing catch literally occupies your whole body. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're working both sides of the brain because you're catching with one hand, you're throwing with the other, you're stepping with your feet. I mean, all of your sensors are engaged in in trying to track this ball into your glove and then make a decent throw so that the other person can catch it. And since your whole body is engaged, it kind of lowers the gatekeepers in the brain to open up conversation hmm. and and, like you were saying, whenever you, your sons ask you for cats, you always say yes. Well, that's how it grew up with dad. Dad would uh, my dad was a veterinarian who made house calls, and so over the course of a day, he's driving two hundred miles and not leaving city limits, taking care of pets. so he is he drives pulls in the driveway, and i I greet him there with gloves, and he always said yes. He wow. always said, yeah i I never I do not remember an instance he said no. But um, I think the reason it said yes is because he knew that while I was trying to focus on being better as a baseball player, this is the way that I would actually talk was when when we were playing catch. And so what happened over the course of the year was I I always went in with like a couple of planned questions, like if I didn't know them or try and and figure out what they would reveal to themselves online about, well, at least I know this is your job or tell me about this. Um, but it really playing catch opened up honest conversation and, um, it was easy to trust that everyone has a story to tell. They just need someone who's willing to listen to them. Tell it.
0: Do you think, um, play as a, a platform to vulnerability is, it was kind of one of the key takeaways for you from this idea? Cause I, I know that. Uh, One of the things that you kind of hung your hat on in this book is the power of play. Tell me about what you learned about play in in this experiment.
1: Um, Are you you familiar with uh, Jürgen Moltmann? No. Yeah, a German theologian. uh, He wrote Theology of Hope is one of his most popular books. Well, he wrote a book called Theology of Play. And you look it up online. And it's like five hundred dollars or whatever, and it's it's because it's rare and it's right. just out of print and no one's doing anything with it. So I had a friend. I was at I was at the end of the year, uh, probably November or December or so, and I was wrestling because I didn't I didn't want to stop. I, I playing catch with people. That was the best part of every day. I looked forward to that so much, and I was trying to figure out why 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 is this. And he said, "You need to go find a copy of Theology of Play, and and uh, and that will help you begin to make sense of it." And so it took me a while, and I I think I got it through interlibrary loan. Um, and basically, um, play is the is a really full expression of God's kingdom breaking into where we are, mm. because you are experiencing life in the present tense and you are sharing it with someone else and you're not, you're not afraid. You're not worried about it. I mean, uh, real play, if you screw up, if, I mean, if I made a bad throw, well, I'm sorry, let me go get that. And, and it just continues. You, you're, you're you adapt and you, um, you, you shape the rules to include whoever wants to be included. Um, so play became a taste of heaven on earth and moltman's work helped me understand just how important play is to being human we we when we we cannot be fully human if we are not playing somehow i mean play in itself is is such a broad category but you have to play to whatever is is it is for you to be your best
0: so I'm curious, how much resistance did you run up against asking people to play catch, like asking people to take time out of their day to play? I, I mean, I know that there are a couple of times in the book where you kind of um, I think you mentioned once that most people just didn't respond if you had sent them an email and, and then they would just ignore you. But did you ever did you ever bump up against resistance to the idea of play like I'm too busy to play?
1: Oh yeah, there were some of those. And there was some at the beginning where I'd send emails to people I knew were friends who I thought would be interested in it, but they didn't want to jump in too early. So when they saw that I had done six or seven months, they're like, hey, I I would love to, now that I see what you're doing and understand what you're doing, I would love to be a part of it. So there there was the the patience aspect of it. There was the um, don't ever read the comments rule that sometimes mm. I'd post a story and people are like, he is so desperate for friends. He is doing, I was like, oh, so don't ever read the comments. There was some of that. My my favorite story along these lines was I was, again, recommended, hey, you needed to connect with this guy to go play catch. Send him an email is the best way to get in t- contact with him. So I, I said, all right, my name is, I had to, I had actually had a form email at one point that Sure. this is what I who I am. This is where you can read some of the day's stories. I've got two months left. I would love to connect with you just for... 15, 20 minutes by catch, tell your story. And his response was, I love helping school children with their projects. What grade are you in? I was like, oh, (laughs) and it was just such a shot to my ego. I never replied. I was
0: like, that's right. That's awesome. Sometimes you just got to let a man go. Sorry. I I can't handle it. (laughs) Uh uh, what did, um, you, you traveled the country multiple times, yeah. right. To play, to play catch. To play ca- How crazy is that? Dude, it, this to is play everything catch. I want. <laughs> this is everything I want in life. Um, it was, uh, my dad and my son and our families, we all went to Cooperstown as a part of a bucket list trip. Oh. And it was like one of those epic moments to, to see that. Um, I I'm curious how did playing catch with all those different people in all those different parts of the United States, uh, how did that change your viewpoint of our country?
1: Um, I, uh, I don't know that I've thought about it from that perspective. What I think about it is, man, I've got friends everywhere now. Mm. I've got friends in Florida and Kentucky and Georgia and Texas and South Dakota. And I, I mean, and these are people that were I not being intentional about trying to find somebody to play catch with, yeah. there's not a chance I would have met him. And so now uh, we stay in touch on Facebook and email and Twitter and texting and uh, friends in Chicago. I met, I play catch with twin boys. So back on like oh January 10th or 11th or somewhere around there, um, uh, a couple of guys on Twitter, um, says with his family barbecue interviewed me about this and, and they, they are kind of the lighter side of the game and and do some really neat things and and so from that I got like a hundred emails in a day of all these people saying well if you're in my neighborhood I'd love to play catch and I wasn't prepared for that at all. <laughs> I mean it, it took me a few days to respond to him. I was just completely overwhelmed. So I get this email from a guy named Shane. He's up just outside of Chicago and he says well when you come to Chicago you let me and my brother know we'd love to play catch with you. We're twins and we play catch at our, at our factory almost every day over lunch. And I was like, yeah, that, that's great. Thanks for sending your email. Thanks for your word of encouragement. There's not a chance I'm going to be in Chicago this year. Well, then we went to Chicago and uh, we connected. We <laughs> had a blast. I played catch at Millennium Park, um, right, right near the bean. And just had such a good time. That I said, well, here's the deal uh, next game of catches on my turf. So when you guys come down to Springfield, we'll do it again. A hundred days later, they came down and I just took them Good on. A catch yeah, no, we took them on. A, I took them on a tour two days. I, I, focused on one brother, Shane, one day, Sean, the next day. And we, I just drove them all over Springfield and I said, look, these are some of the highlights of Springfield. Let's stop here and play catch. And, and we did. And, um, so, uh, I don't know if I should give away the ending of the book. Um, I'll, I'll just say Shane and Sean and I text all the time now. Mm. And I just, and because they, I mean, they took a risk in sending me an email and then we connected and um, they're just neat friends. And, and so to go back to your question, um, I think, I think our country is full of amazing, amazing people. And I am so delighted for the chance to get to meet just a a small handful of them through this, this experiment.
0: That's beautiful. And I love, um, I I've been accused of over spiritualizing baseball at times. Uh, uh, That's impossible. uh, Thank you. Thank you for affirming that. Um, I often include baseball as a part of my sermons on Sunday. And, um, this one is of the a good thing that I, I just feel so relatable to me now, it turns out not everyone loves baseball, but, um, one of the things that you, when you wrote in the book that really struck me, um, it is, is the rhythm of catch. Right. And you, you kind of talk about it, um, about this, the process of, um, how you grip the ball, how you throw the ball, the pop and then back. Right. And, and so I'm curious, um, it, it feels like the entire year was about rhythms for you. Yeah. How has your life changed uh, in rhythm because of catch? Um.
1: When I finally stopped playing, there was a that down season. Yeah. Uh, this is hard, and and I missed it so much. And I, I got an encouragement from a a writing mentor that said. All right, this is your book. You need to write this and so I started writing it and, and I start I started processing it um and the day that I I actually I wrote I wrote a book about playing catch and um, it was horrible. Was that it was t- it was for- terrible.
0: Was that was that forced uh what what was the name of that book? I think you mentioned it. Oh
1: frequently. no, no, no. This is this is it it was this book. Oh this is the book. Got yeah, it. okay. The, the first <laughs> the draft first,
0: of it the first draft.
1: All right. So bad. Um I just I literally deleted the whole thing. Oh wow. And when I restarted what became now um the first chapter, Going to Field of Dreams with Dad, and and really taking taking it slow. Um there, there's a book I'm going to throw out here. It's called The, the Sound of Life's Inescapable Beauty. Mm. Um, it's by Martin Schleski. He is a German luthier and violin maker. And in the preface of that book, it says that we have lost the art of, me- of creating metaphors for life. Yeah. And as I started thinking about well, what story there, there's too many stories. What stories do I want to tell? what stories do I want to leave out? How can I honor everyone who gave of themselves to make this whole year possible? Um, and I think that the metaphor of baseball for life, uh, as, baseball as a metaphor for life um, just took on a whole new depth. And, and so how it changed me? Well, it gave me the courage to try out for that grip and rip league. I, I tried out last year. If I had not played catch for a year, there is no way I'm trying out. And I had several friends who were partners in the league. and, and um, But like I said, the, the vast majority of them, probably in upper 20s, young 30s, I tried out at 45. Um, and um, favorite the, the commissioner of the league, as, I, as I'm walking off, he said, dude, that took a lot of courage. I was like, "No, courage is the farthest thing." I was just trying not to throw up out there, and, and then I I get the text from one of my friends. She said, "Hey, you made the cut. You're on a team." And oh, I was like, wow. "I just I wanted to make it through tryouts. I didn't even so. There's no way I I, I do that." Um. Again, a- answering your question, just as long as possible. Uh. The, the friendships the rhythm of the friendships yeah and, and and the new connections um and even even in the oddness of the season that we are in right now where there's no professional baseball yeah um i think there's something about sport in particular that teaches us uh how to be family how to how it's okay to disagree with someone else and still value that relationship mm. um and, I, and I, that might be one of the most important things sport teaches us—that you know you can have within the household people cheering for different teams, and of course, okay, so haha, you lost, you have to go do dishes or, or whatever. But the relationships still takes priority. Um, so it, it changed me. Well, one, I still carry a backpack of gloves wherever I go.
0: <laughs> So uh, that, that's a great question. Uh, do, are you still trying to play catch with uh, whoever will, will want to play catch? I mean, probably with less fervor, right? But like yeah. um, playing well, catch I, all I've, the time?
1: I've been playing catch at least every week with – the with. it's probably not a week has gone by. Well, when when Springfield shut down for um, this day at home at yeah. the beginning of COVID, I'm trying to remember what that was, like end of March, somewhere around there, whenever it was. Uh, my oldest daughter is now uh, a student at Missouri state university mm. and she had to move back home. And so it was the end of her freshman year. And so she is processing all of these emotions of, uh, of school. She's processing the emotions of now her boyfriend has to go back to his city. And so there we get the joys of long distance relationship. And so to, and, and all of her, she's a, she's a musician. Um, and so all of her symphony, practices studio all this have now become online and so she's she's wrestling with this and so she says hey dad can we just go out back and play catch mm. for for those 30 days of of quarantine we'd step every day just for about 15 minutes a day she goes dad i've always wanted to learn a knuckleball how do you do that well i don't know what is wrong with my hands but no matter how diligently i try I can't throw. It's horrible. My knuckleball is terrible. In in two days, she picked it up. <laughs> and hers is like really good. Like to the point we were playing catch with my uncle uh, a few weeks ago. And I said, here, let Kaylee throw to you. I'll catch yours. We'll, we'll sh-. And and at first he was thinking, because we were just in a small space, so she wasn't throwing as hard. Yeah, But she was still throwing her knuckleball and there were a couple times his eyes just got really big. She, he's like, that's moving. I was like, that's what I'm trying to tell you. She knows what she's doing. So, um, <laughs> man, I don't even think I've answered your question. But it is it is such a joy-filled relationship, th- those opportunities. Um, so for about six weeks now, I've been meeting with these guys, practicing the for the hopeful tryouts for the league we're going to have here. And, um, we, we practice at eight o'clock on Friday mornings, yeah. which is pretty early. There's a reason that there's no professional game at eight o'clock in the morning ever, because your body doesn't do what you want it to do at eight o'clock. And so to wake up at six thirty for my body to be awake, to play it. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want to wake up at six. I don't want just to, uh, and it's so hot and humid and exhausting, but by 10 o'clock when we are done, that was so much fun yeah. and we're, we're all tired. We're all dripping in sweat and every single one of us is smiling. And, and it's almost like that, that time in the dugout, where we're packing up our bags and, and getting ready to leave. We're just, we're just touching base. We're like, well, okay, well next week, Oh, I'll be ready for, I, I can't wait already. And we're so excited for the next week already.
0: Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, it sounds so much like, uh, an act of worship in, in, in a lot of ways that it's, it's, I think that in, in these kind of these pure moments, these brief moments, we get this kind of pure interaction in terms of um, uh, of playing and, and whole body play and uh, diversity of the kingdom. You know, I mean, like, man, I mean, like th- this is like uh, an incredible uh, testimony to the people of God doing what they were created to do. And, and it's not just baseball, right? Baseball is just the medium in this case. Although I think baseball is one of the best mediums. Um, what did this year teach you about God that you didn't know before? Ooh.
1: Well, I want to touch on, on worship part for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I used to be a worship leader. Okay. Um, and, and those times When you are able to forget yourself Mm. and realize that you are with God, um, that that is such a a powerful moment that we don't we don't get enough of because it's very easy for us to get distracted by ourselves and our situation. And the, the, the movie Chariots of Fire and the quote that's attributed to Eric Liddell, I feel his I feel his pleasure when I run when I run, I feel his pleasure um yes, that's how playing catch was that that being out there um, I was aware of God's joy and and so I, I think um, I, I, that, that'd be it that would, that would be the, the thing that I that I learned and and discovered through the, the, that Moltmann book as well is how important the choice is to choose, joy, um, to, to, to see that, that God is a God of, of ridiculous joy. Hmm. Um, you know, he, he, he was, he was under no obligation to create in the, in the first place. He, he, he created, uh, all that is out of a passion of love and an abundance of joy. He, he wanted to share it with others. And, and so stepping out in creation and, and um, just getting a taste of that joy every day. And that's why January 2019 was so hard, was that I was forcing myself to stop, you know, trying to prevent surgery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, all right, haha, I don't have to do this anymore. And then it took like two days. I was like, Oh, but there was so much joy there. Yeah. So, and, and and now finding another rhythm of it of, well, at least once a week, I am intentionally meeting with people where we can go, we can go do this together.
0: So let me ask you something really practical, because I think that there's probably somebody listening, uh, maybe a husband or a wife or um, somebody who's, whose life has gotten really serious. Mm-hmm. and And, in a lot of ways, this exercise, while profound, seems almost a little ridiculous. Uh, yep. and I love it, right? I'm here for it. Um, how do we move in our lives? like what what's one thing that we could start doing today to incorporate more play? how, how do you how do we start down this journey?
1: When I was ten years old, I wanted to play baseball for the Kansas City Royals. And I think back to that, I mean, you know, not the reds, but you know, I, I was
0: trying to decide if I was going to make a comment of well, yeah. like I love the dream, hate the team, but yeah, no, yeah,
1: exactly. you
0: guys took Billy Hamilton off our hands. I was so excited <gasps> for that.
1: So I think my, my walk-up song, if I, if I make the cuts this year, I think my walk-up song is going to be my shot. I mean, it's just, it's just too good. Um, yeah, but, but when I was 10, we, um, we know how to play you don't have to teach anyone how to play you do it you do it naturally for the first decade of your life it is Mm. it is that i mean it's that that you daydream about at school it's that that you just completely lose track of time doing whatever it is so the the first step i would do is just remember what was it what when you were 10 years old yeah what did you want to do what was it you lost track of time doing you know, what was your ridiculous dream that you thought, well, if I could do anything, this is what I want to do. One of my favorite stories I read through the year, I heard through the year, was of a, a lady who um, ice skating uh, was her passion.
0: Mm.
1: Well, she got burnt out. She, I guess she was, she was good, uh, like competitive, good, like uh, if she had the devotion, Olympic quality level, good, but oh, she wow. burnt out on it, and and just. I know too many hours to but Well at 30, whatever she decided, I'm just going to go back to the skating rink and skate for me. Hmm. And, uh, so she does a couple times a week. She just goes and skates and there's no awards and it's, she's not getting paid for it. But she says, I, those two days I go, that's, I love
0: it. I love that. It's, it's simple. And yet, um, not necessarily easy, but to go back uh go to go back to what was right because we, we can't um we can't give of ourselves from an empty cup and i I really do believe that play is a huge part of that um I, I am curious uh the, i i I really am fighting the desire for to ask you to rank who the top person to play catch was with the year that's easy but, who was it uh, every single day well, no, but who was the top person?
1: Yeah. The, the person I was playing catch with that day, that was my favorite person to play
0: catch with. <laughs> I, I, well, I figured it was going to be an answer like that, right? Yeah. What, who was, what was the most bizarre? Do you, do you have one of those? Or was there um, like uh, somebody that you never thought you would play catch with, If there was somebody specific? Or who was that?
1: Um, Mary Moore. Mary Moore played in the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. Okay, and if you watch a League of Their Own, she's in it. at the At the end of the movie, where they come into the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, yeah. She's yeah. there, and then during the credits, they have the the live action game. Mm. She's playing in the game. You get to nope, see her didn't. in a couple of scenes in the in the game. And so we went uh, when we were in um, Rockford at the at Byer Stadium, the home of the Rockford Peaches, which happened to be the stadium where Mary's career ended when she all but broke her ankle. She said if she would have broke it, it would have been better. But uh, she played two seasons there, were on the field. She was 86 years old, and um, she was just an absolute delight. So much fun. And, you know, I thought she'd kind of laugh at it or whatever. And she just came up to me and said, baseball is life. Everything you need to know about getting the most out of relationships and for living a good, meaningful life, you can learn through the game of baseball. I was like, oh, I love you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Will you please adopt me? (laughs) Yes. And then what's even better is so that year, 2018, was the 75th anniversary of the start of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. So they had their reunion in Kansas City and so that about um, 40 50 formal ball players went and toured the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum together and I got an invitation to go tour the Negro Leagues Museum with the ladies of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. And if you tour the museum by the time you get to the end there is a small diamond with 11 full-size Bronze statues of, like 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 Satchel Paige is on the mound, and Josh Gibson is behind the plate, and Cool Papa Bell is there, and Oscar Charlton is in center field, and Buck Leonard's at first, and so I'm I stepped on it and I said, Hey Mary, you don't, you want to play catch again? She's like, Absolutely. So we spread out on the field legends and start playing catch, and another lady walks over and says. Can I join you guys? Oh, my. And so we're there with sons and grandsons and granddaughters like all circling around us. And it was just the three of us just tossing the ball on the field. <laughs> and um, it was absolutely pouring outside like a, a hurricane had come up through the Gulf and it had now settled over Kansas City. And I mean, <laughs> it was dark and drenching. And it was so much fun so the the times I got to to spend with Mary and Perry Barber she's a professional umpire um and the things I learned through with them it was just they they stand out quickly
0: wow uh um. So this is a discussion my son and I have been having, and I'd be interested to get your opinion on it. It has nothing to do with the book, but it's a baseball question. Fantastic. (laughs) How are you feeling about the uh, idea of being able to listen to the players on the field in the COVID season? I think it's hilarious. It's fantastic. Uh, There's nothing I want more. Listen, I would pay a premium for whoever's listening. If anybody from MLB listens, I would pay a premium for an unfiltered, unedited... (laughs) I, I, I mean, I'm not naive about what I'm getting myself oh, into, yeah. oh, but yeah. like, <laughs> right, like um, uh, a version of of the audio of the game. If they pump in, I think that there's just something beautiful that happens when you're playing ball.
1: And, and have you seen any of those catcher cam videos? Yes. So the, the Royals posted one yesterday. Cam Cam Gallagher's behind the plate. Whit Merrifield, been the best hitter in the American League the last two seasons, steps up, and you see the ball, and it is just piped down the middle. And the um- umpire calls a ball, and you see Witt turn to the catcher and goes, "Where the heck was that?" And the catcher's like, "I don't know." <laughs> 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 okay, that's <those are> great. <laughs> <laughs> Salvi, who plays the game with the joy of a teenager, comes up to the plate and he sees the camera and he's like, "Oh, hey, it's good," say, yeah, yeah. you know, makes all these joyful noises and everything, and then raps a single. And but but those noises and discussions. I, when I played in the league, I mean, yeah. I was a bench warmer. I mean, sure. I get it. I'm, I'm old. I, I play a couple innings, get a, get in at bat, uh, put in as a pinch runner, get picked off, you know, all that kind of joyful stuff. Um, but you're on the field and, and you did to, to talk with the other team, to talk with your teammates. Those discussions are so much fun.
0: Yeah. I, I'm super excited about it and I'm just ready for baseball to get started. Um, and so, uh, I'm a, I'm excited. This podcast is going to be airing right at the beginning of baseball season. So I'm super excited for that. I'm super excited for you. And I, um, I already promised one of my other dear friends who loves baseball as much as I do, that he gets to read the book once I finish it. Um, let me ask you this, where's the best place for people to connect with you? Where's the best place for them to pick up a copy of the book?
1: Uh, easiest way to get in touch with me is just my website, ethanbryan.com. Um, pretty active on Twitter, Ethan underscore Brian, uh, pick up a copy of the book. Um, I would tell you to buy it from your favorite local bookstore. I, I mean, support that's it in your great, community.
0: Yeah, that's a great, um, that's a great answer. Now, if
1: you don't have a favorite local bookstore, I can recommend a favorite local bookstore, but that's, that's up to you.
0: Uh, well, what, listen, let's put it in the show notes. What's a favorite local bookstore?
1: It's Hearts and Minds Books in Dallas Town, Pennsylvania. It is uh, it's owned by Byron and Beth Borger, and we got to meet them. Uh, so in in 2015, I don't know if you know, but in 2015, the Royals won the World Series. Do you? I, I heard about that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you might remember that. So in 2016, they went to the White House for the World Series celebration. Yes. And me and my daughters got to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> in the White House, with the Royals in the same room as the President.
0: Stop it. How'd you do that? Well,
1: <clears throat> I was working on one book, um, and then I broke my ankle and it turned into another book. But through interviews that I was doing with the book before it transitioned, um, I got an invitation. They said yes, and actually we were visiting this is the best. We were visiting my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. They live in Houston. Mm-hmm. We were watching the 2016 home run derby, which I think that's the one that Giancarlo Stanton was just hitting bomb after bomb after bomb. Right. And I, I get this this email, and I just, you know, you look at an email, like, oh well, this is a scam, this junk, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I looked at it and I was like, huh, dot gov. I wonder if this is real. And so I just kind of show it to my wife. It's like, what do you think? Is this real? So I open and it says, this is your invitation to come to the White House celebration with the Royals. We need this information and it's in a week. And I'm like, well, we're in Houston and our van needs to be fixed. And D.C. is a long ways from Houston. So we drove to Springfield, repairs on the van, drove to D.C. And on the way home from D.C., uh, we, we went up to Dallastown, Pennsylvania and I got to meet, uh, Byron and Beth in person for the first time. And they're just, they, they, they live, uh, in the, in the bookstore. Wow. Um, and, and here's, so I've been ordering from Byron now for 15, 16 years, something like that. And, and this is, uh, this is what I love here. I'll tell you two short Byron stories. The first uh-huh. one, um, so years ago I had problems online with checking or something getting hacked. And so I did. uh, So I struggle with paying for things online. Yeah. And so I learned about his bookstore and said, hey, I'm really interested in ordering this book from you. Um, Do you take checks? He says, oh, this is what we do. We will send you the book. And then in the book is an envelope and a receipt and you can write the check. And i was like, wait, I have the book in my hand and you're going to trust me. That I'm actually going to pay for it? And he's like, well, yeah, that's kind of what Christians would do, isn't it? And I was like, <laughs> So I have literally been ordering from him now for 15 years or whatever. And then, uh, so this this past week, my daughter placed her her own first order from Byron. Oh, wow. And uh, To get something in the mail. And when he packages it, he wraps it up really tight and everything and puts it in between cardboard. And you have to cut through the tape and peel off the cardboard to, to get to the book. Um, and she ordered one book. Well, it came in an envelope and I was like, well, there's no way that's just, that's just one book and you open it up and there's a second book in there that he gave to her as a graduation gift saying, we're, we're proud of you. We just want you to know that.
0: And oh wow. like, well, so hearts and minds books, Dallastown, Pennsylvania, Yeah, hearts and minds. Is it just hearts and minds Yep. Okay, great. Great. We'll link, we'll link to that in the show notes. And if, uh, if you want to order a copy of the book from there, that would be fantastic. Um, meet people. Sounds like it. Sounds like it, man. Okay. Last question. I always love to ask people, right? It's an advice question that you would give yourself. Oh gosh. So, um, if you could go back in time, um, let, let's say to, uh, to, to the, the very December, the, the last day in December, uh, before you start this year of playing catch, now if you could go back in time and give give that Ethan one piece of advice about the journey he's about to set on, uh, set out on, what what piece of advice would it be?
1: Oh, it's just get ready for the best year of your life. Mm. I mean, um, you know, it, it, it's it's the end of a year, and so, you know, you you I I personally am debating. Well, do I make resolutions for this year? Do I want to do anything like that? Do I want to try and implement something new, something big? What do I what do I want to do? And, and and wrestling through those things that we typically associate with with the beginning of, of the year. Um, if I was if if we were sitting down and sharing Dr. Peppers, I would I would say. God is getting ready to do something amazing. Just have the courage to say yes, because that. That first week, I mean, mm. it, it was hard physically. My arm hurt. Uh, I remember I, w- I would wake up and, and my fingers were stinging and tingly and just kind of those, those carpal tunnel ish sensations. And I was like, man, this hurts. So what am I, th- I'm too old. All, all, all the excuses you think about when, mm. when you start something that's a ridiculous task, um, but but to that that is that uh the movie um we bought a zoo sometimes all it takes is twenty seconds of insane courage and uh, and and having that courage just to say say yes and know that that when you say yes, man, some of those doors that god's open God opens in are just incredible
0: that's beautiful and and I say amen to that, so Ethan, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. Thank you for pouring your heart out And, and thank so you
1: When are you and your boys coming down to Missouri?
0: Hey, listen, I'm here for I I would love to go um, And see the Negro League Museum And um, I It's it's on my radar already we'll, we'll put it on there I have a princess too And she does play baseball um, She just picked up a, We just bought her first mint From Played Again Sports this year And it's pink And it was um, It was the best $13 I've ever spent <laughs> Uh, and we we actually play some mad games of wiffle ball in our backyard. Oh. Uh, it's some of my favorite. We, we're talking bat flips and like, yes. uh, we're here for all the. Meltonburgers do not lack uh, a boisterous plate presence. <laughs>
1: Good. Uh,
0: <laughs> so, yes, I I, I got to get it on the calendar, man. And listen, hey, when, whenever uh, I'd love to take you to a Reds game if you're ever in the Southwest Ohio area. Whenever I've been the Reds, told that they do something pretty big for opening day. Is that true? It <laughs> I was like, oh, you don't know, but you do know. You were teasing me. Um, well, typically they do. This year, oh. not so much. Not so Ooh. much. Uh it's, what it, are they gonna do for opening day this year? A bunch of the bars down there by uh the 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 river district, they call it the banks, um, are gonna do some stuff, but they really can't do I mean, the, the, the Finley day parade is huge and I've, I've taken both of my boys to, to see it. And we've had opening day tickets. Usually someone in the church um, blesses me with that or, or some, you know, like it just, they just, they tend to just happen. And when it happens, we always say yes. And usually um, um, usually I'll pull them out of school. And uh, in Ohio, we have this famous thing called skyline chili. And uh, so we'll hit, they give away free conies on opening day. Um because wow. well, because they're a huge sponsor of the Reds and it's just the thing, right? And so we go get conies and um and then we head down to Cincinnati. Like? <laughs> Worth it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how long it is. It's worth it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, you let me know whenever you're whenever you're around Southwest Ohio. I got I got you for Reds tickets.
1: So, um, but but should I wear Pete Rose stuff or not?
0: Yes, absolutely. Pete Rose a legend around here. I have an autographed baseball on my shelf from Pete Rose. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, he he um, he's turned it into a secondary uh, source of income for him. That's a whole that's a whole different podcast. But anyway, uh thank you for being so generous with your time today. What a delight to visit with you. Thank you so much. What a great conversation with Ethan. I'm so thankful for him and his heart. Uh, One of the things that really stuck out to me was this idea about a rhythm of catch. I love the thought of rhythm in life and spiritual disciplines. And I know that, uh, I hope it resonated with you as well. So it's it's so good. And, And also the idea of asking for help, which is so not in my nature, but needs to happen. So uh, again, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed talking to Ethan and getting to know him. He's a great follow on Twitter. He's on Facebook as well. Um, Don't forget, you can pick up a copy of his book at heartsandmindsbook.com or uh, visit his website, ethanbryan.com. Let him know how much you appreciated hearing him on the podcast today. As always, we couldn't do this without you. Come be a part of our community. Text the word reclaim to 66866. Get caught up on all that God is doing here at the Reclamation Podcast. Subscribe, leave a rating review. Thank you so much for being part of our podcast family. Uh, It brings me so much joy to hear from so many of you how much this little uh, pet project and hobby of mine is impacting your life. And honestly, I'm just blown away by it on a really consistent basis. So, Thank you so much. I look forward to talking with you guys real soon.